Hi fans, it's Gary from What's On Joe Mind with an important message for you. Do you remember when you got your first Steel Brigade figure and how you got to live your childhood dream of being part of the G.I. Joe team? Once again, the G.I. Joe team needs you to return to its ranks. There's a very real possibility that there will not be an official G.I. Joe convention in 2017 and beyond. We need your help to show Hasbro that the fans truly do care. My co-host and I can't do this alone. Join us on this campaign to reinforce to Hasbro that the annual official G.I. Joe convention should be continued. Visit us at SaveGIJoe.org. There you will find links to our Facebook page, fan petition, and instructions on how to contact Hasbro to let them know how important G.I. Joe is to us. Download our graphics package for use on your webpage, blog, social profile, and in fan forums. Show everyone your support on social media by using the hashtag SaveGIJoe. G.I. Joe may have started off as a one-man unit in the 60s and eventually grew into a team in the 80s. Add yourself back to the team. We need you. The community needs you. G.I. Joe needs you. Help us show that G.I. Joe and Joe Con are viable well beyond 2016. Together, we can make this happen. Join today. Support G.I. Joe right now. This is an original episode of What's On Your Mind on the What's On Your Mind channel, brought to you by What's On Your Mind. I want to thank What's On Your Mind for making me the man I am today. Welcome to episode 103 of What's On Joe Mind. We are a fan cast about the world of G.I. Joe. We're back by popular demand. Who's demand? I'm going to find out who you are and I'm going to kill you. Two guys in Hoboken from last I saw. Holy crap. Hoboken get wiped off the map. It should. It's New Jersey. No one would miss it. Yeah, speaking of surviving as well, Justin Bell survived a, a kid holiday concert. Uh, he's probably the strongest member of the four that's right here right now. So, uh, Justin, how are we? I'm doing all right. Doing all right, besides sitting through two hours of fifth and sixth graders trying to play horned instruments. Beyond that, I'm doing well. And you're only there for a targeted 10-minute period. Exactly. Yeah, my it was, it was the entire middle school, and my daughter participated for about 10 minutes and surrounded by about an hour and 45 minutes of ear-splitting noise. Grief counselors are standing by. Uh, remember, <laughs> listeners at home, don't think that you have to go through middle school music holiday concerts alone. We've all been there. We've all done that. Be strong. Even my daughter realizes that their show was awful. <laughs> but as a dedicated parent, you go. Got to do it. Yeah, you got it. If you don't show up, you're the bad one. Exactly. What did I do? <laughs> Uphold good taste on your own time. Or speaking of good taste, or maybe lack thereof, it's our number four chair. Joe is joining us again. Joe? Hello. How are we? I'm good. I'm building a staff right now. You're I'm building a staff? Yes. Like a kitchen staff or a, yeah, a hospitality a staff? Music. or I am building a staff for the Star Wars premiere tomorrow. I am going to be a guest at a friend's movie theater and we're giving out stuff to kids. And she enlisted my assistance, so... You're giving staffs out to kids? No, I'm going to be kidding grown-ups like Mike. That could be a euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of movie theater is this exactly? I thought it, if, if it was a euphemism, I'd be the one with the staff. <laughs> hey, oh. Some kind of, you know, S&M movie theater where they go in to get abused we don't before know they watch about the Joe. <laughs> I doubt she's going to an S&M movie theater. <laughs> Leather Star Wars, yes. 
It's a it's an independent cinema. SNL, there it is. Arts theater. Shut up. <laughs> um, it's independent. It's Everybody wears theater. gimp masks, but it's completely. <laughs> it, no, it's artsy. <laughs> you missed the hanging quotes. Artsy. See, okay, sorry. Hey, at least at this theater, you can wear your like stormtroopers can come in full masks and. That is very cool. People can bring their lightsabers and. The safe word is tangerine. <laughs> it's random. <laughs> You tell me how random it is tomorrow. Joe, any good stories from the road? Um. That's a no. Okay. All right. <laughs> Thanks. That build up of absolutely nothing. Well, I'm going to Toronto uh, next week, so I'll be going to the Great White North. Probably have Excellent. more jokes later on. Is it actually white up there? I mean, winter here, it was 55 degrees a day. Uh, no, talking to my mom, she said there's no snow and it's pretty bad. People are freaking out. Yeah, 72 degrees in St. Louis two days ago. 72 degrees. Canadians freak out when there's no snow. You people are weird. We kind of like the white Christmas, dude. I just want it to get cold so my sinuses stop. Ew. It's been a month, man. I need it to get cold. I need something to kill off the bacteria. I don't want to hear about you oozing anything. It's too late for that. It's just too late. Maybe you should come to the theater. Hello. There you go. Ah, she seals that. It's just a complete 360. Now we can move on. Actually, <laughs> Maggie wants to meet Mike. Wow, Mike. She's like, who she is under- this guy? I'm like, don't worry about it. She's like, I'm going to meet him, aren't I? I go, yep. She goes, I want to meet him. She understands that I punch back, right? Yeah, but so does she. <laughs> I bu- I'm just saying, I believe in that equal opportunity stuff. They hit me. I'm going to hit back. She's from Alaska. She fights moose, so... I, I mean, I'm not saying I'm going to win. It's okay, Joe. Just Mike's a little gun shy when it comes around women. Aww. <laughs> it's a matter of record in Missouri. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> I don't think gun shy is the term. Uh, I think if we're going to use shooting terms, it's more like can't hit the broadside of a barn. We don't do aimed fire. We do, co- we do suppressive cover fire. And we don't <laughs> spray and pray. Yeah, we wow. just, everybody, everybody gets everybody gets their head down. Thanks, Bill. Thanks, Bill. <laughs> well, there's the image I'm not getting out. <laughs> oh my god, fantastic. Oh well, this opening banter is brought to you thankfully and lovingly by Avex Lab. <laughs> Thanks, Kobe. Thank you a lot. He wouldn't have run that segment any other way. <laughs> Now let's move on to the Joes of 2003. Spray and pray, please. (laughs) (laughs) That is fantastic. If anyone else other than Justin can use spray and pray and make it make sense in the rest, in any time during this podcast, I'm buying you a beer. (laughs) That's the game we're playing tonight. I'll buy a beer at JoeCon if you can make spray and play. Spray and pray. Yeah, I can't even say it now. Spray and play, I think, is something that Whammo put out as a summer toy. It's probably still in your parents' garage somewhere. Anyways, let's lead off. Uh, <laughs> Where were we? Joe, what is your favorite figure, Joe or Cobra, from 2003? Um, well, I wasn't. I had I had left uh, three and three quarter action figure collecting by then. Are but... you pulling a chuck on us? Are you telling <laughs> us you don't have a favorite because you didn't? No, collect? I do. I do. Shut up. I oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> so I really don't have one, but I guess I'll go with Steeler. Shut up, Chuck. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> no, I didn't say I was retarded. I said I had to <laughs> 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 Oh, new lows have been approached. <laughs> Lady Chuck strikes a blow. <laughs> you know what? Just for that, just just you wait. That comes alone. Fighting words, uh. dude. So I'm actually liking the uh, the GI Joe Collectors Club exclusive, the Clear Zartan. Clear Zartan, the version six. It's unique. I like it. Haven't seen something like that before. Um, it reminded me of the Crystar stuff back in the day. Yeah, I'm like, I'm, that's my pick. You are old. Good choice. Shut up. <laughs> I have all those figures, by the way. Mm-hmm. No surprise. Figure you're trying to figure out how to make a costume of one of them. Which would be awesome, I'll admit. Now, if you can pull off a costume of that, the clear Zartan, I'll be impressed. Up until now, your costumes have been, eh. Oh. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) I'm not sure what the word is, but I'm sure it rhymes with Marden variety. Pull off a clear Zartan, then you have a believer in me. Okay. Okay. She's going to show up as Crimson Asp again next year and break her flamethrower off in your ass. (laughs) John's gonna John's gonna actually make the flamethrower work. <laughs> she can't enter that in the contest. She can't be the same thing two years in a row. That wouldn't well, be the point. You know what <laughs> oh, Joe, sorry. Taking a lap. Justin taking a lap. What the hell is Justin cussing? I don't get it. No, Joe brings like five or six costumes to Joe Con every year, so she's got some Yeah, I know. You see it, runner boy. Take a lap. Yeah, I'll take a lap. <laughs> Uh, it got the Bell seal of approval, no less. Bell, what about you? What do you like? This is a very messed up group of figures. Oh, it's crazy. I scrolled through there, you know, a number of times trying to find something neat. There's a bunch of cool stuff in there, but I mean, there's a lot of new sculpt stuff, a lot of O-ring stuff. I think ultimately I went with the um, the Swamp Viper from the G.I. Joe convention set of that year. I love the Mega Viper from the 90s, the Mega Marines Mega Viper, and they took that great mold and put it in some better, more realistic colors. So uh, I think I'm going with the Swamp Viper, but um, I will say it was not an easy choice. There's a bunch of them, a bunch of other figures there that are pretty cool that year, including some of the new sculpt stuff. It's, that's what I'm choosing. Mike? Yeah, I'm going to agree with Justin from the standpoint that there are some great character designs in, in 2003. There's some pretty poor ones as well, as far oh, as a yeah. you know, pretty poor grunt comes to mind. Ugh. Anyhow, but uh, even with the new sculpt stuff, they put out a few winners, and, and that's where I'm going with, with my take. I'm going to take the, the green version, the first version of Crosshair. He's nice. still one Good of my choice. favorites from that era. From the, the uniform that he's got, the spy troops gear, the ghillie suit made sense for him. Uh, he's got that cool little boonie hat accessory. He's got the sniper rifle. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit of a different take on on that type of character. I know Lowlight had been around and in a couple incarnations over the years. Crosshair is just kind of, he seems to be very specifically a, a woodland fighter type of guy. And so I, I like the look and the character design there. I, I kind of wish they'd make him in a, a Millennium Edition format you know maybe get mm-hmm. him in an fss or a concept or something along those lines sometime soon I, I have any number of close second places that I'll, I'll refrain from talking about simply because gary hasn't made a choice yet oh yeah i mean there's there's a lot of figures in there that that are very close runner-ups that's for sure let's just look at some of the other figures that were in this year real quick you had two mail away sets of figures you had agent faces that mm-hmm. was a mail away then you had the army building bat internet exclusive mail away which had three figures in it yep there was a toy fair magazine exclusive which had another two figures in it so a lot of figures here that you couldn't necessarily get on the shelves 
I think the club came very strong this year. They were starting to find their niche in the three and three quarter inch realm. And I'm a big fan of the Air Viper that they mm. used for the parachute figure that year. It's unique. It's good looking. It's got a good deco on it. And they continue to this day to be kind of hard to find, really. Yeah. I got to give an honorable mention to, to Barrel Roll from that year, too. I didn't want to mention him specifically just without Gary picking his figure. Out of all the new sculpt figures, he was a, a character and a figure that was designed really well. His proportions were actually pretty decent for 2003. He had pretty good range of motion, good articulation. I think he had he actually had swivel wrists and pretty decent color scheme. You know, there's obviously I'm a big fan of Blackout, too. I'm not real crazy about the 2003 Blackout figure. Just his forearms were a little funky. Um, but, you know, there's the Spy Troops Destro, who's another really good figure that's got solid proportions and pretty decent design. There's a bunch of different figures, new sculpt and O-ring throughout 2003 that were really pretty great figures and I hate to see folks who just kind of brush aside the quote-unquote new sculpt era as being a forgotten era of G.I. Jokes. There's really some great stuff that was included in there. Yeah, I'd give honorable mention to uh, the Cobra Coils figure, Agent Faces. Oh, totally, uh, yeah. That uh, pretty cool gung-ho with the removable hat was a great figure. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing with the Zorana that came with him. Uh, she had that yep. a little bit of that shoulder thing that some of those women figure had, tended to have at that time. Right. But still a great figure design. I wish they would do Zorana that way going forward uh, as opposed yep. to how she looked in the 80s because it's a better character design. The Televiper rebrand was a good one. There's really any number of, of great Solid figure designs uh, in the years 2003, 4, 5 with those new sculpt figures. And, and, and the, maybe the body construction didn't do them any favors, but right. they're still great toys. And the Spy Troops concept was really neat, too. I mean, yeah, the disguises were hit or miss, to be kind. But just the idea of putting armor on these figures to change them into Cobra agents and vice versa and removable helmets and stuff, that was a really interesting idea that I think they pulled off pretty well considering the small scale. I kind of wish they'd think about revisiting that a little bit in more modern times because I think with the modern engineering, they could do some really cool things with some of those disguises that might work a little bit better than they did back then. Even so, I really like how they kind of tied it into these annual computer-generated animated features that were pretty neat. It was a pretty cool era. They were actually taking some risks and doing some different things with G.I. Joe and not just revisiting the past, which made it pretty impressive. Yeah, I also want to connect this 2003 year with Joe Con from last year. That's also had the Tiger Force exclusive. It was a five-pack that mm-hmm. came from Toys R Us. A lot of those figures were then kind of remade into the Tiger Force set that came out this year from the club. Yep. Specifically, a dial tone. Sergeant Stalker was toned down a little bit, Wreckage, and Big Brawler. Mm-hmm. He's the biggest brawler of them all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a couple of the Air Viper again, which is the figure that I pointed out. 2003 was my very first convention. Debbie was pregnant at the time. Just to tell you how big of a trooper she is in this whole G.I. Joe thing for me, we were inside of an Embassy Suites atrium, so we never went outside. We were throwing them down the atrium. A lot of these figures just kind of glided off, and a couple of them went into each floor kind of had a vestibule area that looked out into the atrium. That's where the elevators were. In front of the vestibule were a small little uh, plant, you know, bush garden type thing. And she sees one of these guys laying there. She can't quite get to him because... Her arm's short. She's got this baby bump. She goes into our room, grabs a coat hanger, comes out, and with a coat hanger, manages to scoop this air viper off the precipice, and now he's in my collection. Nice. Real trooper. Great story, and I appreciate her efforts every single day. That's awesome. So how much trouble are you in that you've got to play up the story like that? What did you do? 
Moving on to vehicles in 2003. <laughs> Question ignored. I'm not letting you bring me down, Mike. Don't make this about me, Joe. I'm going to pick the uh, Snowcat. I like the, the 1985 version, and even though it's a repaint and a little bit of retooling, Snowcat's my pick. I love it. I like Snowcat. It's got that gun on the side. It makes it a little more useful, actually. Justin. Well, I'm going to stick with the G.I. Joe Collectors Club for that year, and I'm going to go with the Hiss 2 from that convention set. Yeah. One of my favorite convention vehicles of all time, um, by far. Uh, it was a very, very cool uh, cool addition to the um, G.I. Joe collection that year. Now, this should be pointed out. This was not the free item. It was right. this and the Firefly 2-pack or the extras. Those are the only extras that year. When people complain about all these extras that they come out with and all this extra money, we didn't know that we were going to have extras this year. We kind of show up to the show. Okay, we're, we're going to get our set. We're going to get a free vehicle. and We're going to get a parachute figure. And then they're like, oh, yeah. And we also have some three and three-quarter inch items. We have this Firefly, which is still rare to this day. I just know that there's a lot of people looking for it. And then the His 2B. Mm-hmm. And what was it, 35 bucks, 40 bucks? I think it was 30 like or 35 bucks. Yeah, it was- Pretty cheap. Imagine what this would cost if we were getting that Joe Con today. Well, considering, yeah, the, considering the orange hiss, the septic tank from a year or two ago was what seventy-five or eighty bucks somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, seventy, I believe. Yeah, I'm gonna stick with the the new sculpt stuff, and and my my pick hands down is the night attack chopper. Yeah, good choice. It doesn't matter, green or tan, don't care. Just a, a wonderful toy. I remember I used to chase the cats around the house with it. And, uh, <laughs> Shoot the little missiles at the cat's feet. My cat's name was also Stinky. Big black cat. She could jump just straight up from a standing start incredibly high, and I would shoot the missiles at her feet. It wouldn't come within a foot of her, but it freaked her out enough that she would just jump up to about head level. Again, good times with the cat. Just looking at the list, some some honorable mentions here. I think the Cobra Ringneck was interesting because you could just stick an ass ton of figures in it. Yeah, It just had a, a place for everybody. Correct me if I'm wrong, the Conquest of Cobra Mountain, that was a Star Wars set before. That was Attack yes. of the Clones. It was like a Geon- Geonosis playset, yeah, originally. That looks familiar. It's probably because it was a Star Wars item. Yeah. The Hover Strike Hovercraft, horrible. I don't even think that damn thing worked. No. I got to echo the Night Attack Chopper, any color. The Skysweeper Jet, the, the little stealth jet, was a little interesting. Patriot Grizzly Tank was actually really cool, too. It had some great play features to it. And you right. You had a handle that kind of popped out the back, and you could spin the turret around and launch missiles out of the front. And I was actually probably going to give that my mention this year was a tank. The only thing that was weird with the tank is it came with Wild Bill. Yeah. What? Call me a purist, but Wild Bill flies helicopters. Why is he in a tank? And the Spy Troops cartoon <laughs> <laughs> came <laughs> out, shows the Patriot tank going all speed like the bus, jumping caverns and yeah. everything. I think it was flying. <laughs> My nods to the Patriot Grizzly tank. I also want to mention the KB Toys exclusive. Oh, yeah. The Cobra tank. That was also pretty cool, too. The re-release of the Mobile Command Center for a lot of folks that never got that the first time around. So this was a good and, I think, rich vehicle year. Marred, of course, by two versions of the Battle Blitz. <laughs> uh, well, memorable only because of Luge Guy. You can just check it out on at yojo.com to go into it more, because frankly, no description could do Luge Guy justice. No. Cannon fodder. Unless anyone wants to make any other mention, those are the Joes and vehicles of 2003. Two Battle Blitzes. Two Treadfires. Yeah, that was still better than the Battle Blitz. Two Cobra Venom Cycles. 
and one air assault. All right, Gary can count. It just means I still have it up on my page right now. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> I still have it up on my screen. <laughs> on to the news. Sorry, I had to cough. Turn your head. I did. Okay. I just had to think about the doctor. Anyway, somebody get me a doctor. Hey yo! First news item: Our friends at the GI Joe Collectors Club released images of Pythona, which is next year's incentive figure. Join the club by March 15. March 15 is that today? Typically. Okay. Yes. Yeah, but uh, sometime in March. Anyways, get your March uh, March 16, I believe. Close. Enough. Whichever. By the time this episode makes the air, uh, it should be about three days before that. So make sure you get your money in the mail, so to speak. For first review of of this figure, we go to lead collectors club correspondent Gary Godso. What do you think of those images? You know, I'm not a big fan of this particular character, right? It is well documented. I'll let Justin get into the breakdown of the parts and everything. That's just not me. I'm just going to give my reaction. Look, it's about time. Just get it out of the way. Thank you. We can have all these people yelling, I want Pythona, I want Pythona. As long as we never get anything else, Cobra Law, that's part of a concept, I'm fine with this. If this is their way of keeping Cobra Law out of a concept, great. Thank you very much. It, it looks like a swell figure. I suspect it to be big and huge for the club, and it'll probably be highly sought after, and it'll probably have the most monetary return figures had probably since Dial Tone that I could think of in modern era. Congratulations, club. The mock-up looks great. I just throw it to Justin. Justin, you could break it down. Yeah, I mean, I've been one of those people that was clamoring for Pythona just because she played such a big role in the in the animated movie that I thought it was long overdue that we actually got an action figure of the character. One bad movie. but uh, i think they did from what i can tell a pretty remarkable job with some limited part selections i mean it looks like she's got a new head and new hands quite possibly a new upper torso too it's kind of tough to tell with a cloak on but it looks like it could be could be some new new tooling there she's also got a removable hairpiece so you can actually take her hairpiece off and one would imagine that you can pull the hood on her cloak up over her head like she sometimes appeared in the movie so really i mean not a whole lot of new parts they could they could use but they seem to get some really good mileage out of the ones that already existed and using some pretty clever well we're assuming pretty clever paint applications you can't really tell because it's all photoshop you know just trying to to mask her pattern of her uniform with paint ops and it you know the the Photoshop result looks pretty impressive, so I'm you know, I can only hope the actual end result looks just as good. But I'm very happy they're finally getting her out there. I'm pretty excited to to get her in hand. Um, you know I'm one of those guys that when I watched the original GI Joe the movie, I thought Cobra Law was ridiculous. I still think there's aspects of Cobra Law that are ridiculous, but I kind of appreciate them more now than I did back then. So you know I'll never consider Cobra Law part of my GI Joe universe, so to speak. I think it's it's cool that they are exploring some of those characters now joe uh, pythona has been done before at convention for a costume yes in a noted author kind of way right will you be able to top that um i may do pythona but not as my saturday oh okay that's fine so, do we need to funny. alert debbie <laughs> so you can borrow her undergarments. okay i i i just i figured i'd ask you never know. You know, we never rehearsed this, and I'm just thinking if I mention it, maybe Mike will take it and run, or somebody will take it and run. We haven't recorded in a while, but we haven't lost a step. Brilliant, Mike. I applaud you. 
thank you very much for picking that up and running. I'm just saying, Debbie Godso is on yellow standby alert. <laughs> I do have my own bras. Like, you know that, right? Like, wear them I every day. Know. I don't know this for certain. <laughs> I, I, I am not privy to this sort of information. Okay. <laughs> One can it's only assume. assume, I guess. It's I know, <laughs> It's assumed, but I frankly, I'm unsure if you dress yourself, so I really don't know. Yes, I, I have minions that I just stand there and they come around and dress me. Fair <laughs> um, there's actually a, a, a girl in the finest. Um, she's a new member that did a Pythona costume, and it, it looks exquisite. She, uh, she and her the finest. Uh, yeah, the GI Joe costume club. I'm making a pun here. Damn it! Play along. No. It's- is it the finest of the finest? You material, dude. <laughs> it is the finest. No, it, my material never gets any better than this. Okay. And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that it's strong material. I'm just saying that it never gets any better than this. Especially when it doesn't make the final edit. Continue, please. <laughs> that editor's a d- Man, where does this guy come from? <laughs> you have some gal in the finest, and she knocks it out of the park with Python. Oh, yeah. Right? She's, uh, she's pretty awesome. She... Um, I don't know how she did it, but it's like, I think it's like bubble paint over a suit. And she's got all the different designs on Pythona's suit. She had a a bald cap. The makeup was done. She even had contacts and like the nails were all pointy. The hair was done. She looked exquisite. It was cool to see a figure in uh, real life. But yeah, I don't know if I would I would do that as my Saturday. <laughs> wow, she went full deployment. Wow, she has scared off Joe Colton. How about that? No, no. But when mm. you see something done as best as it can be, like you're like, okay, she's definitely that character. Like I could do it, but all I keep I all I keep hearing is, "Where I'm scared, somebody please <laughs> lead me through the forest." That's all I keep hearing here. When I'm you disappointed. Know costume, we can talk. <laughs> I got con going fat guy costume down pretty good i tell you what if someone's gonna dress up as pythona again mike maybe you should take the nova hint and come as a pterodrome mm. or you could do this year's crimson gasp Ooh, no uh, i don't no. need anybody confusing me with that no <laughs> yeah no 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 and because of that now we want to end the program because we're all disgusted good night <laughs> folks i do have a lush and luxurious full head of hair uh no wigs Showing off the, le- the legitimate mane. So you could pull off the Terradrome. Perhaps. I'd have to put on some weight. Next news item. That's a joke that's going to get me in trouble. <laughs> yeah, it is. Next news item. Next news item. We'll stick with the Joe Club. Releasing images of the upcoming FSS 4.0. We got to see some Photoshop images of the Inferno Bat. Inferno Bat first appeared in the line in 2003. We just saw that in that mail-away bat set that included two Inferno Bats, three regular bats, and uh, an overkill figure, all done in the classic O-ring style. And this is the first reissue of the Inferno Bat. We turn this over to our lead Inferno Bat correspondent, Justin Bell. <laughs> well, first of all, the, according to the club, it's not a Photoshop. This is supposed to be one of their first well, first test figures, one of their final sample figures. But uh, I'm not going to comment to the truth of that i mean it looks a little bit photoshopped to me but you know maybe i'm just maybe i'm looking at it wrong i don't know but it's a red bat out yeah translucent plastic you know from what i can tell looks like it could be pretty cool i like the original inferno bat quite a bit uh, i don't like this one quite as much as the original but uh you know i'm 
glad they at least went with some different lower legs. And the uh, sample figure looks pretty cool. Yeah, most people were thinking that this would just be a complete remake right. of the Nanobat, but with red. And, and there are different legs. Yes. Then it go too far out of the way. Right. You got the, that sword attachment like the uh, – right. Like the Spy Troops era bat had. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, that's a new thing. It's, it's red hot, too. It'll just cut through any stick of butter. Just, just whoosh. You keep your butter in the fridge, that's going to go right through it all the same. You know what? I heard the sound as it went over my head. I'm waiting for you to put in the cricket sounds. That's all. Oh, they're already there. Sometimes it's what we're going for. We'll see more on FSS4 later. Next news item. Yeah, I'm sure I'm, our timing is historically terrible with those FSS figures. We always seem to record right as they get started with it. And then, like, we're the last ones to say anything about it because we just did a show when they started putting them out. And then, anyways. But moving forward, next news item. Vitruvian Hacks, we've received word that uh, they are finally, we've got a ship date. Uh, everything has been sorted out. They are shipping in February. For this, too, we will turn over to lead boss fight barnacle, Justin Bell. <laughs> I'm barnacle. Yes. Stuck on their undercarriage, Justin. <laughs> uh, it looks like they've, um, they've sorted out some of their production issues that they were having, production delays, and they made some final uh, sign-offs on the, the last round of samples, and they're about ready to make a go of it. They actually put up pre-orders for a good chunk of their first assortment up on uh, bossfightshop.com. So if you haven't didn't partake in the Kickstarter and you want to pre-order a couple of figures, you can hop on to bossfightshop.com and get some pre-orders in, and uh, you'll get your figures uh, hopefully sometime in February. It's that's the the current timeline, and looking forward to finally getting these in hand. Yeah, these are going to be neat. I dig on the 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 Greek warrior concept that they've got there. I, I love that type of mythology, and, and so I've been I've been looking forward to these for a while. It'll be great to finally get them in hand been lucky enough to, to hang out with these guys some and, and seen the mock-ups and, and got to have them in hand even and these are going to be fantastic toys it'd be absolutely worth the wait yeah one thing that people will realize i think once they get the figures in hand is that the you know part of the reason for some of these production delays i mean these guys are they're perfectionists they want these toys to be as good as humanly possible that's one thing that you'll you should be pretty confident you're going to get is when you do get them trust that they've gone through several rounds of qc and and that these guys that are three decade collectors themselves these are action figures that they're happy with so i feel pretty confident in saying they'll be action figures that you're all happy with too very nice joe colton I was just going to say, it takes a long time to put something as well-made and near-perfect as as they're attempting to do. So good on them. Like, my hat's off. Like, it's hard work to get everything lined up and perfect with people building the actual um, sculpts and then sending them off to get production. And it's a lot mm -hmm. of work and a lot of coordination. It takes time. So I can't wait to get mine. How much you getting? remember has it been that has it been too long we know justin's in for about four thousand dollars <laughs> <laughs> i took a second mortgage out i think i bought one of each level i could get at the time i think i got or one of one of each figure that i could get at the time you did the all-in i think option. so yeah all right i did too i'm looking forward to those I'll, I'll probably wind up getting rid of some of the blanks i'm, I'm not a customizer that's too much painting for me. I'm even kind of dabbling in, in some of this custom stuff now, but the blanks, that's just too much painting. I'll, I'll probably, probably get mine the other half. You mean he didn't get his own? Uh, I don't know, but he, he likes customizing. So right now he's into the uh, 
172 scale stuff, but yeah, he'll customize three and three quarter for me. He is what patient. Is, uh, what lines is he customizing in 172? He's doing the uh, Star Wars kits right now, the Bendai. Uh, yeah. Uh, what? Uh, it's following Star the crowd. Wars. Who cares about Star Wars? Star Wars. I'm not a fan, so. <laughs> you just like to sit outside the movie theater and whack people with your staff. That's all. <laughs> That's right. That's all about violence. It's not about liking the movie. <laughs> Joe and her big stick. Yeah, you got to take your opportunities when you're a sociopath. <laughs> Next news item. Next news item. <laughs> Speaking of Joe Colton. We've got another movie project that we want to let you know about, and uh, we'll we'll let uh, Joe take the reins on this one as our lead Kickstarter movie correspondent. Uh, take right. it away. What is this, like movie number four? <laughs> I don't know. You tell me. You're our lead Kickstarter movie correspondent. Okay. Uh, so uh, I guess the Kickstarter you're talking about is Homecoming. It's done by Farragut Films. Uh, the lead on uh, Farragut Films is actually uh, lives in um, the D.C. area where I live. So good guy, John Broughton. He's been doing fan films for the last 10, 12 years, Star Trek fan films. So The Homecoming is a, is a special film. Um, it's the web series finale. Uh, Captain Carter goes to visit his family. This movie will close out the Farragut saga and leads into Farragut Forward, which will be, I think this is where it jumps into the uh, movie, the Star Trek movie era and uh, Trek Isolation, which I am in. So they've got 14 days to go. They're almost halfway to their goal on Kickstarter. Just Starship Farragut Homecoming and donate whatever you can. Every, every little bit counts. Yeah, we're, we're probably not going to get this up before that expires, but we will make sure to plug it on the main page. Uh, cool, so, thank you. So we will we'll get it up there to, to drum up what support we can for this uh, Star Trek fan project. We love it. We'll be doing a, a G.I. Joe fan film again, so. I know some people in the D.C. area, so if you need red shirts <laughs> to just die horribly, I can get you some numbers. Is it me? <laughs> no, no, I actually do know other people. Oh. See, I said, I said. <laughs> Don't I watch. said friends, so... Hey. Oh. <laughs> the president doesn't count. He's all of our buddy. He'd do it. That would actually be awesome. Yeah, Secret Service would get a little antsy about those phasers pointing at him. Hey, if he could do Bear Grylls' show, he can do a Star Trek fan film. Yeah, Did Nixon he do Bear was on. Grylls? Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be on TV here soon. I laugh about that because I know that it's supposed to be like out in the wild with... Yeah. But no, there's like medical teams like just off camera, just sitting there waiting. There are two dozen Secret Service behind every single camera shot. <laughs> Some of them are dressed as the trees that you see. I went on a uh, canoe trip and zip lining trip with about 20 females out in West Virginia, and we ran into then entourage and security team, and we were just like, going down the river like in the middle of nowhere <laughs> all right we ended up drinking with the with the guys uh, off duty it was pretty cool Way to go got him in trouble now yeah probably should probably bleep all that out <laughs> next news item next news item kindle world's voting uh we talked about it a little bit on the last show and now we're going to talk about the results of it on this show and uh, unofficially uh we were robbed <laughs> 
but no, seriously, the, the winner was uh, Bill Nidro's character. Uh, unfortunately, Justin's Whisper, Cobra Whisper character did not win the fan vote, but we still love him anyway. We told him not to come home if he lost, but we decided to let him come home anyway. <laughs> uh, so, Justin, we'll, we'll leave this. Uh, we'll, we'll let you talk about your experience with, with this from your perspective, from the author's perspective, and, and just kind of fill us in on, on the last part of this process in, in terms of the fan ballot. Sure. I mean, first of all, you know, congratulations to Bill. One thing that kind of happened throughout this whole process is that I got to know the other guys pretty well, Troy, Jim, and Bill, and they were all really, really great to uh, to talk to and kind of commiserate with. So I can't be mad at, at anybody for um, kind of how how it all shook out. Obviously, Bill Bill got the most votes. He deserved it, and I'm I'm glad he won. It'll be really cool to have a new character in our GI Joe collections. It was a really exciting event. It was, you know, obviously I'm disappointed. I was really looking forward to having my own character in the G.I. Joe line in some way. It's been a goal of mine for a long time, and it didn't happen, but that's all right. We'll move on, and who knows, maybe if there's enough demand for it, they might be able to convince Hasbro to get a couple other runs of these fan vote figures out there. So, um, you know, that's always possible. But big congrats to Bill, and um, I I can't wait to, to see Stiletto in stores. Part of me wishes it was it was whisper, but you know that's the way these things go. You know, you have a winner and you have a loser, and you have three losers, and uh, we all are commiserating with each other over it. And I think we all agree that that Bill certainly deserved it, and we're happy for him. Go ahead and talk about the crossover that you guys got planned. Yeah, one thing that kind of bubbled to the surface as we were all getting to know each other throughout this voting process was that you know we all enjoyed talking to each other. We enjoyed what we had all done as far as fiction goes, and in, in Kindle world so it was actually jim beard's idea to kind of develop an ongoing story um kind of a crossover of sorts where the four of us would write you know one kind of cohesive gi joe adventure starting with jim in the adventure team then moving to bill is taking the next slot i believe i'm covering the third slot and then troy's going to be finishing it up and it's going to be basically kindle world's novellas that are designed to tell their own story but also have some kind of connective tissue running through them that cross over into the other author's stories too it's going to be kind of a a big kind of crossover event and part of the goal of that is also to feature these distinctive characters that were part of the fan vote so jim's story is going to feature you know marcus pretty heavily bill's work will feature stiletto my work will feature whisper um troy's work will will feature blackjack you know, we'll kind of find a way to connect them. And, and we're doing it in kind of an interesting way where we don't necessarily know the story that the person before us is going to tell until it's pretty much ready to publish. So we're kind of, we're, we're making it a challenge for ourselves too. We're trying to develop our own stories on e- with each part, but we've got to wait until the part before us is published before we can really take the ball and run with it because there might be certain intricacies that we're not privy to until we actually read the final work. So it'll be an interesting experiment. I'm really looking forward to it. Where I think the goal is to get part one out there in January and to have the following parts released uh, either monthly or bi-monthly. I don't quite remember what the schedule is, but have them released on a regular basis from there to end probably somewhere around middle of the year, hopefully right before JoeCon. I have a feeling this combined universe will do a better job than what Hasbro has a month. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> I had to take my swipe now. So when the process came up, yeah. I know we talked about at JoeCon the vote coming up and you sat on the panel and everything. When did Hasbro come to you and say, hey, Justin, we got this idea. We're going to take you and three other guys, mm-hmm. pick a character, 
how'd all that go down? Sure. Well, interestingly, none of us really knew that this whole thing was coming until that Kindle Worlds panel. It was a surprise to us as it was to everybody in the audience when Daryl mentioned that. So that was where we first kind of learned that it was happening. Shortly after JoeCon, uh, Hasbro reached out to us, um, Mark and Daryl both, to kind of inquire to us first, you know, which characters would you like us to, to focus on? And we got, actually got to choose which characters we wanted to have be a part of this fan vote process. Um, I kind of went back and forth a little bit. Whisper was pretty high on my list just because I felt she was like a, she was a more fully developed character. I have a character named Snakebite in my story as well, who's probably a close second. One character that I'm kind of fond of from The Price of Pieces um, is a kind of a rookie G.I. Joe character who ends up playing a pretty key role in the final conflict there. But unfortunately, his name's Blackout and there's an existing Hasbro character named Blackout. So I kind of said, well, you know, I don't want to step on any toes there. Maybe make it black dash out. Yeah, I could have done something like that. (laughs) (laughs) So ultimately, I just decided to go with Whisper, and you know that was the choice I made, and uh, that was kind of the first step. You just we reported back to them, told them who we wanted to do, and then they asked for you know a short bio. They asked for some you know key appearance aspects. You know, kind of what does the character look like? Is pretty brief you know i didn't want to go into intricate detail myself i didn't describe you know whisper kind of shifted uniforms a little bit throughout the story so she it wasn't like she had a a specific set of gear that she always wore or anything like that so i didn't focus on that i focused mostly mostly on ethnicity and kind of what her background was what her specialties were and and i developed a pretty elaborate bio for her which obviously they couldn't include that entire bio on that short little bio cards so there's a little bit more to it than you see in, in the Hasbro Pulse website. And essentially, we, we all gave them that information. And then they took that information and fed some of that off to Robert Adkins uh, and had Robert develop some of the artwork for it, which was very cool. And they also kind of filtered through our bios and stuff. And they changed a few things. Like I, I mentioned Whisper was a Cobra assassin, and they changed that to Cobra Liquidator, I think, or something like that. Just to that, they didn't want to have an assassin be part of the G.I. Joe line anymore, even though back in 84, I think that's what Storm Shadow was. I think he was labeled as, a, as an assassin. Ah, uh, the 80s. Yep. <laughs> the 80s, yes. He most certainly was, because nobody would have known what a ninja was back then. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Now, did you know that Robert Atkins was going to be doing art, or was that a complete surprise? That was a surprise as well. Um, I mean, they uh, they told us that somebody would be doing the art. They didn't specify who. When we got that first shot at New York Comic Con, I one look at it and I was kind of like, okay, that looks like Robert Atkins. You know, I know his art pretty well. And I took one look and I thought that's who it was. And sure enough, shortly thereafter, I you know, I think he posted on his Facebook page and and mentioned it. I immediately reached out to him and gave him big kudos and thanked him very much for treating Whisper so well because I thought he did a fantastic job with, with the artwork for all four characters. He did really great as he always does. So I was I was really thrilled that if anybody out there, any G.I. Joe artist out there could give my character two-dimensional life, I'm really glad it was Robert Atkins and he did a great job. Now, did you get a copy of the art or does he own that or do you own that or Hasbro owns that? Do you know the details of that? I think technically Hasbro owns it. I don't know what's going to happen with it eventually. I wouldn't be surprised if we end up with it. I don't know what the legalities of that are. I haven't been told one way or the other. You know, Hasbro did ask for addresses and said they wanted give us a token of their appreciation for the characters, even the ones who didn't win. So I'm thinking in the back of my head that I might end up with a poster tube with the artwork in it, but I don't really know for sure. Uh, I think that's what everybody would like to have happen. But, you know, as we know, with these big companies, they got to go through all these legal hurdles and stuff. Mm -hmm. So um, fingers crossed. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm kind of anticipating that that's a possibility. You still own the idea of Whisper then? 
Hasbro doesn't own that. You didn't sign that over. There's not an NDA or anything. That's all yours. Correct. Yeah. Whisper is still under my umbrella free to do what I want to do um, with her. I'm not, I mean, as anything happens with the, the Kindle worlds format is a little bit funky. Like those, the stories that you post to Amazon Kindle worlds technically are licensed to Amazon. You know, I can't like take my, my work that's on Amazon and post it somewhere else or anything like that and have it posted on Amazon as well. You know, I could take it out of the Kindle worlds system and just do it myself somewhere else. But as long as it's posted there, I can't post it anywhere else. But Besides that, the character is still controlled by me. It's not like I have to. If I want to write another story with Whisper in it, I don't have to get permission from Hasbro or anything like that to do so. It's still somebody that I have control over. Interesting process. I just kind of wanted to see all that was involved sure. and everything on this process. As you know, and probably Mike will hype up here a little bit, I've always been kind of skeptical of these fan votes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still a little skeptical of this one. Not that my buddy Justin lost or anything. It's, we just haven't seen the results yet, which I wish I, we could see the results. i like to know how many people voted, how many unique votes were put out there. Hey, technically, there's got to be a last place in this because there's four people and someone mm-hmm. has a finish last. It's like the final four, so to speak. You're finishing last in the final four, and I think that's pretty awesome. So yeah. even if someone did finish last, I don't think that's anything to absolutely be ashamed of. So I would love to see the final results. Was it close? Was it not close? Maybe the voting was close enough that it warrants seeing all four of them out there. Maybe we see a trend in voting that maybe we're not going to see all four of them out there eventually in the in the future. Nothing against Bill and Stiletto. I'm not a fan of the female Joe Sniper. It reminds me a little too much of Shooter mm-hmm. and that whole retcon that Devil's Do tried to do with Shooter when to make it a woman when it was clearly was a guy. And second of all, it was a very big stretch. For the clamoring of the female figures that a lot of the fans want, I'm sure it will do very well. I'm just not a big fan of the female sniper. And I, I can't tell you guys, I know everybody that's on this podcast right now, Mike, Gary, and Joe, you guys went above and beyond sharing this on Facebook and spreading it around to your friends. And I really greatly appreciate that. There's one thing throughout this process that I can't say enough good things about is the support I received from the G.I. Joe community was just fantastic. Just people sharing it, people voting, people liking it, people spreading the good word about it. I just, uh, it really meant a lot. And even though the end result wasn't necessarily what I wanted, um, the process of going through that process was, it was a big deal. I mean, um, for folks that don't know, I was going through some, some personal issues throughout that process. We had a pretty close death in the family during that, and it was a little bit of a rough stretch for a couple of weeks. And going through this whole event and and seeing a lot of people kind of come together and support me and saying some nice things about Whisper really meant a lot during that period of time. So even though the end result wasn't my number one choice, I was really thankful for the process that got me there because it was very kind of of all my friends and all you folks for supporting me and, and putting out the good word. No problem, brother. We've known each other for a long time. It's the very least I could do, and I'm glad to see the whole host team pull together and try to do the best we can for you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Really, Gary just wants to see a vote because he wants to know how far that 20 bucks he spent on Facebook uh, got him. (laughs) 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 But you you know how it is, Justin. we, We try to support you anytime you have a project going. You are in our minds and in a lot of the mind, uh, the, the, the minds of, of, of a lot of the other folks who've been around this hobby for a while. You're the guy who's been carrying the flag. Well, thank you. Uh, it is our honor to carry the flag for you. I appreciate that. Thank you, Mike. All right. Now that we're done being all gushy, unless Joe's got something. <laughs> no, no, you, 
you've been more than gushy on that one, so all over the place. I yeah. won't make that. I won't make that. <laughs> There's a spray in place. There we go. <laughs> spray spray. Thank you. I get myself a beer. You were gonna do that anyway. <laughs> you may have already done that and just made the joke to pay yourself back. Whatever. <laughs> Winner, winner. Well, I mean, being on a podcast with the three of us does uh, drinking's a good idea. So, I, who says I'm not drinking? Got a girl. You've been pretty quiet over there, so we assumed you're pretty verschnockered by this point. No, I'm building a staff, dude. <laughs> Gotta make things look real. You can build a staff and drink. It's straight, right? I if you drink too much, if you drink too much, the duct tape doesn't go on right. Right. But on a serious note, I was gonna say all four characters were like the art was great. It's nice to see. The creativity in the G.I. Joe community. I like that it was almost a, a show to Hasbro of how creative the community can be if they just reach out and mm-hmm. embrace the community and see what we can come up with to, I guess, help them come up with something better. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you guys ever run out of ideas, yeah, we've got you know who to look to. But yeah, I think if they ever get a chance to make more than just Stiletto, I will buy Whisper 10 times over. So I'll buy awesome. Stiletto as well. But any of the figures, I, it'd be great to have new figures. All right. Mike, are you opening up a, like a candy bar or something there? No, actually, I was I was moving stuff off of, of our next news item. What? If everyone is uh, done. Now, if everybody's done gushing, next news item. A friend of the program, Carson from 3D Joe's. A little while back, he he ran a Kickstarter to uh, to present the second chapter of his book, Collecting the Art of G.I. Joe. I'm happy to say that as I got home this afternoon, uh, sitting on my doorstep was Volume 2 from 1984 and 1985. Awesome. And uh, I managed to – got to dive into it a little bit before we started recording tonight. And it is just wonderful, uh, the, the artwork. It, it's everything that he promised it would be. It's crisp. It's clean. It saves me the trouble from having to own these figures mint on card to, have, to go through nostalgia. There's all kinds of odd and hard to find and rarely seen items that are included, like books and play-along tapes and, and, and ads and, and inserts and pullouts. It's as comprehensive as it could possibly be. I was pretty light on cash when, when the first chapter came out, when that Kickstarter rolled through. So I went ahead. I was I was one of the ones who got both chapters this time. So I've been I've been kind of going through them. I'm sure that if you visit 3D Joe's, you can get more information on this project going forward. We will certainly have Carson on sometime in the future to to discuss this with us. We always try to get him in here. He will openly campaign for the fourth chair. Um, Look out, Joe. I can take him. She doesn't care. <laughs> She's taping a staff. <laughs> I care. The official name of the book is Collecting the Art of G.I. Joe, Volume 1, 1982-83, and Volume 2, 1984-1985. The man's full name is R. Carson Metaxas, for those of you searching online. And that's a a very Ted Baxter name, and I approve. (laughs) R. Carson Metaxas. If you have the opportunity to pick these up after the fact, uh, I know uh, availability is going to be kind of scarce if you were not connected to the Kickstarter project. But I certainly, if you've if you've passed on it to this point, I absolutely endorse getting on board when Volume 3 comes available. Maybe some copies of 1 and 2 left out there that uh, that are un- unclaimed that you might be able to pick up at that time. Relatively inexpensive. Both of these uh, that was, was just for a $50 pledge. So for the, the quality of, of the prints that you're getting, it's a very thick cardstock kind of, of pages. It's not quite what we saw at JoeCon when he brought the mock-up to us. At that level, it's 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 kind of uh, you know that was like almost that board thickness then. But uh, this is this is a very uh, a very heavy paper. The cover is 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 a cardstock. 
it'll take some punishment, but it's it's really it's just glossy and just just superb. I'm really I'm I'm beyond happy with with making this purchase. So I, I endorse these. If you get the chance to pick them up, you get the chance to see them, please do so and, and support a, a great Joe fan who, as we said just a few seconds ago, you know he is reaching out there to to fill the void and keep interest up there as things are a little slow with Hasbro. We, we want as many quality fan projects out there as as possible. Next news item. Nobody introduced me as lead Carson correspondent. I'm kind of disappointed. Anyways, next news item. (laughs) Earlier this week, we received word from Paramount and Hasbro uh, that uh, G.I. Joe was going to be unified in a character universe that included Micronauts, Rom, Space Knight, Visionaries, and Mask. Uh, And so... I pose to the panel, um, the G.I. Joe unified movie universe, will this be a giant sandwich for no one to enjoy, or a violent NATO? Go ahead, stick in your editorial there, Mike. I I am a newsman. I I present the news in a fair and balanced fashion. We'll kind of shake up the order of this uh, a little bit. Uh, Joe Colton, you've been quiet. We want to prevent you from working on your staff as much as possible. We heard her scream already, but we don't know what she was screaming about. Yeah. For, was it frustration or could Why? be a staff? There we go. Why? What is with... Ah! Okay. You know when they did this, what is it, the combo in the comic books where it was like the Ghostbusters, Star Trek, and G.I. Joe all mashed together? That's along the same lines. Like, why? You don't... Like, Ghostbusters were all excited. F***ing Joe fans were like, what the... Ah! No, stop. There's no need. Micronaut, different. Mask, okay, I can sort of, kind of... I don't know. No. No. (laughs) (laughs) So have you accepted the Bat Tracker figure that's already in our universe? Uh, yes. I'm okay with that. But you're drawing the line there? Yeah. No more mask? Mask, uh, I can sort of okay. Like, all right. I'm with you there. I'm not fighting you. But why? Why? Why do you have to mash everything together? Like, stop! It's good on its own. It was good for the last how many years? Why do you have to try and ah? No, done. No. Wow, this is a, a topic that has reduced her to incoherence. <laughs> Gary Godso brings some clarity. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> Focus the rage. My reactions initially were just like Joe's. I mean, once the news story was posted online, here comes everyone tagging me on Facebook saying, I'd like to see Gary's reaction. Guilty. You and Justin, it wasn't mind blown. It wasn't explosion of the head. It was more of this confused look on my face saying, why do we need to have a Marvel Cinematic Universe? We should have one where it makes sense. And the Marvel Cinematic Universe makes sense. Even with Guardians of the Galaxy involved, it makes perfect sense. But this makes zero sense. Visionaries? I mean, they got little holograms on their chest and their knights. I mean, basically, they're like Care Bears. What? No. Micronauts? A, an idea that predates G.I. Joe? No. And has never been consistent across media, too. Well, let's add. I didn't even know what ROM was until the news story came out. When I was young, it was only about G.I. Joe. Now, 
I'm with Joe. I can see Mask as a bit of a stretch, but being part of the Joe universe. Matt Tracker seems to be accepted, and the fact that Mask's enemy is Venom, and Venom is something that Cobras have, I can kind of see that there might be a similarity there, maybe something that we could extend the universe into. Visionaries, Micronauts, Rom. <sighs> Just because you put into a blender and push frappe does not mean it's going to taste good afterwards. What they really need to do, if they're going to start focusing in on having a combined universe, is having a good movie kick off its initial universe movie. And then make spinoffs, but you have to have that first solid one. Yeah. Retaliation, even though folks on this podcast, we tend to all like Retaliation, even though it had its shortcomings. We're not so hot on Rise of Cobra, but we accept the fact that it made a lot of money. Nothing is in the same realm as Iron Man. Not even close. Mm -hmm. If they're going to do something, make sense, first of all, and give us a kick-ass lead-off movie to make the universe make sense. I have zero faith in both because there's been zero track record to prove they can accomplish it this far. Yeah. That's kind of been my complaint about the way Warner Brothers is doing their whole shared universe, too. I mean, they don't really have the Iron Man that launched the whole thing. I mean, they did the Man of Steel, but then they just sort of suddenly with Batman versus Superman are also cobbling in Wonder Woman and Aquaman. And all of a sudden, these people are all supposed to immediately create this Justice League that actually has some weight because, you know, DC says so and says, okay, all these people now know each other. Now we have a consolidated universe just like Marvel. And it really doesn't work the same way. I mean, Marvel built up to something. They took the time and the energy to develop this thing from the bottom floor and put out that Iron Man movie that kind of had that loose connection to that Incredible Hulk movie. And, you know, put Sam Jackson in there as a cameo, but just as a cameo and just as like an interesting little nugget, not necessarily shoving it down everybody's throat. And then, you know, once Iron Man really took off, then they knew that they had something going and they built on it little by little until they created the Avengers film that actually was meaningful because there was a two-year buildup to the Avengers movie and you knew these characters before they came together. You knew Iron Man from his solo movie. You knew Captain America from his solo movie. You knew all these guys from their various different individual films and it actually felt like it was meaningful to have Iron Man who appeared in this movie in 2009 or whatever and Thor who appeared in this movie you know, a year later actually meet together and it made sense and it had some impact. I'm trying to remain cautiously optimistic. I mean, I love visionaries. I think that's a very cool... That's hard to do. Sorry. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> but um, I'm a big fan of visionaries. I, I really like that toy line. I like that cartoon back in the 80s. You know, I, I don't know how that meshes with G.I. Joe. I could see, you know, visionaries, Micronauts, and ROM existing as a universe, and I can see G.I. Joe and Mask existing as a universe. I'm having a real hard time picturing how all five of them can somehow coexist. And the fact that it's being announced this way just kind of reeks of Hasbro and Paramount desperately trying to crawl onto Marvel's coattails and mimic their success. But again, you, you can't just throw a bunch of different fruits together and have a tasty fruit salad. There's certain, you, you got to have a way to, you, you got to start somewhere. You got to, like, like Joe said, you got to have that initial movie that grabs people, that captivates an audience and that proves that there's a foundation here to work. I can't even imagine that they're going to throw one movie together that has all of these five properties and all this, and just expect it to be some success. I mean, who knows? They may build towards that. 
the announcement here was that Hasbro is developing this universe. It's not necessarily that one movie is going to come out featuring it all. You know, maybe they will do a slow burn. Maybe we will get a solo G.I. Joe movie that kind of builds towards a link with Mask, and then they'll do a solo other movie. But by announcing it all up front, you're kind of defeating the purpose. People are just kind of watching. They're they're not going to sit down to watch the G.I. Joe movie for the sake of watching a G.I. Joe movie. They're going to sit down and watch it and all the while in the back of their head think, okay, how does this connect to Micronauts? How does this connect to Visionaries? How does this... And, and it kind of removes some of the legitimacy of G.I. Joe as a franchise to kind of depend upon all these other different environments to succeed. But on the flip side, on the cautiously optimistic side, I love Mask. I love Visionaries. I love G.I. Joe. And the idea that all three of those properties, you know, Rom and Micronauts, I, you know, they're fine. I don't really have a, a love for them. But those three key properties, the fact that Hasbro is developing something to kind of tie those together and is actually putting an effort into licensing and putting them into some form of media, that definitely makes me happy. And that's something I want to see succeed. So, you know, that's, I guess that's the nugget that I'm holding on to is that Hasbro in this Paramount writer's room has something in their back pocket that will lead me to believe that they can craft some kind of universe that works and that will satisfy all of us longtime fans, but at the same time bring in new blood. But I'll be honest with you, I mean, the fact that the writer's room is carried over from the Transformers film franchise doesn't give me a whole lot of optimism there either, because it's not like Transformers has been crafting these beautiful stories that really make sense. I mean, Transformers can't even handle its own mythology in Hollywood. You have no idea what's going on there. But of course, you know, the, the four Transformers movies that have come out so far were before they put this writer's room together. So who knows? There's a lot of moving parts there. And, and maybe we'll all be surprised. And I certainly hope we will be. And I hope that the end result is worth me, you know, having that little nugget of optimism in the back of my head. But I'm trepidatious, too. I, I don't immediately believe this is going to be some raging success and that it's the best thing ever. Uh, I just have to see how they put it together. And and honestly, I mean, the Guardians of the Galaxy link with the realistic Marvel Universe, that was a success because of the people they got involved in that process. They had a guy, James Gunn, who is, you know, a brilliant director and was able to create these characters. You know, the the writer, I can't remember her name, but um, she was part of the Marvel, Marvel script writers kind of school they put together. But they built these characters, and Guardians of the Galaxy didn't succeed just because it was a cosmic arm of the Marvel Universe. It was because it was a great film, and they effectively wrote captivating characters that just happened to be connected to the Marvel Universe. This is another thing that people don't seem to understand. is It's not just because Marvel Universes are connected that makes them successful. It's because they're great movies. So forget that you have to connect everything. Just make a good movie, and the rest will all come together. I mean, that's really all you have to do. You know, make a series of movies that people enjoy put some effort into it don't cut corners don't be stupid just take some time and energy hire the right people to develop them hire the right actors and don't shortchange them make decent movies and it'll fall into place you don't have to connect these properties just put the effort into the solo films and that's one thing that marvel has done is that they've put a ton of effort into these solo movies so that when they connect them it's it's incredible, but you can still take each one of these individual films, like Captain America Winter Soldier last year was just one piece of Phase 2, but was one of the best movies I've ever seen in my life. It's looking like Civil War is going to be much of the same. So, I mean, they can take those singular movies and make them fantastic, so that when they connect together, it's even better. But you got to have those really good individual pieces before you can get to that connected piece, and that's something that these other people seem to be missing. You know, Warner Brothers thinks they can just throw all these people in one big movie, and automatically, because it's a connected universe it's going to be hugely successful but no you just have to make a good movie that's really what the main focus has to be what's funny about you bring up dc they are crafting a cohesive universe
universe on television mm-hmm. yep. incredibly effectively. Exactly, yes, um, exactly. But there, too, you're, you're talking about hours of material through three seasons of Arrow and right. two seasons of Flash that have, have formed the basis for the future of those shows, plus a, a third one, which every time I hear about it, the, the name is different. But the last one I saw was Legends of Tomorrow. Which Legends is of still, Tomorrow, yep. Which is kind of like a, a Justice League Those type deal. Nude. They did a crossover that that started that off, basically. Yeah. Uh, but and um, they're throwing it all away for the movie. <laughs> you know, I mean, they're uh, yeah, casting well, new people for the movie. It's like what? That makes no sense. Apparently, they're they're going to gamble with their TV universe being different than their movie universe or right. some nonsense like that. But regardless, not to get off base on DC. The only part of this that works by what they're thinking is is that the the Marvel title did get a lot of people in the door sure. to Guardians of the Galaxy. Because Guardians of the Galaxy, let's face it, before two years ago, was a Z-list Marvel property. Nobody had mm-hmm. explored it in a long time. Nobody cared. I mean, they, they were fun characters, sure, but they, they were the type that showed up once every 10 years in Avengers, uh, hung around for three issues, and, and then they were gone until the next decade. So the Marvel tag did get a lot of people in, but once they were there, they were treated to a fun ride. And that's right. that's ultimately what is more most important to, to the point you are making. I don't understand this even from a business perspective. And follow me on this. I know that uh, in in the past we have all uh, basically at best expressed some trepidation and at worst outright rejected the idea of combining the G.I. Joe and Transformers universe. But that would at least make sense. Um, From a money-making standpoint, that would make sense. You've had four successful Transformers movies. You can argue the fourth one just because of the costs versus what it actually pulled in, but what have you. As a franchise, it's a very successful franchise. You've had two successful G.I. Joe movies. There's been big names attached to all of them. Um, You know, there's lots of cool effects. There's lots of explosions. There's great bad guys to toss around in there. I would understand that. I wouldn't necessarily like it, but I could understand it as a means of, of making money. In this particular scenario, the one thing I, I like about it is, at least in this one, G.I. Joe's the top dog. Obviously, mm-hmm. G.I. Joe's carrying the ball in this one. But you have whatever whatever you value the G.I. Joe franchise as is you know, X dollars. Let's just call it a billion dollars for the purposes of argument. And you're combining it with five franchises whose net sum is zero. Right. Zero. OK, nobody's done anything with visionaries since they came out and died in the late 80s. Nobody's done anything with masks since it came out and died in the late 80s. Rom Space Knight has been gone longer than that. Micronauts has never been a consistent entity across media. There was a toy line that came out in the late 70s. Marvel got the franchise rights, put out a comic book that had nothing to do with the toy line. And so those characters have been around for a while, but they have really nothing to do with Micronauts. I mean, this is just attaching G.I. Joe, which is a a product that they don't have a lot of faith in right now anyway, and, and basically strapping it to five anchors. And saying, here, go for it, Joe. You can do this. You can carry this. When they haven't had any faith in G.I. Joe as a solo effort. So what good does it do to strap it to five losers? Mm-hmm. I can't tell you. I, I don't understand it at all. They could make another G.I. Joe movie and, and make plenty of money with it. I have no doubt. They've got The Rock involved. They've, you know, Bruce Willis is there if they want to. He apparently loved his experience making the last one. There's all kinds of names and star power that'll do G.I. Joe and people will go see you're not selling a mask movie. You're not selling a, a visionaries movie. And, and this is all apologies to the folks who love these franchises from from way back when. 
but even those folks have to admit that a lot of their frustrations with those franchises because nothing's been done with it. They are alone in the stream. We're Joe fans. We're in a niche. We understand that. But you guys are a niche's niche. So I just don't get it. From a creative standpoint, it, it doesn't excite me as a fan because you're taking all of these group franchises. You know, ROM is the only singularity in that franchise. So you've got a group of Micronauts and a group of Joes and a group of mask agents and a group of visionaries. So this is, from a G.I. Joe standpoint, going to turn into Duke, Snake Eyes, and Roadblock. And then it's on the other side, it'll be Cobra Commander and whatever villain of the week that they, they pull out for, for that movie. So as a Joe fan, we have some frustrations with these characters being reused again and again and again and again and again. It's going to be more of that. If this goes forward, just get used to the idea. We will not see a bunch of toys that do not involve Duke, Snake Eyes, and if they go ahead with Roadblock. That's who they've made their bed with, and that's how it's going to be. And there isn't a whole lot of room for supporting cast because that's going to be Matt Tracker. That's going to be Rom. That's going to be whoever's running the show with Micronauts. That's gives you an idea how much I pay attention to that. This is just ridiculous. Uh, and I hope we're just overreacting to an, an idea that they're kicking around and maybe spending two weeks on to just see how it works, see if, you know, throwing, essentially throwing noodles at the wall to see what sticks. But, man, this is a bad idea. I don't like to take back a lot of things I say, but <laughs> I think maybe the lesser of two evils might be the Transformer crossover. <laughs> Again, people would go right. see that movie. People would go see that movie. It, it may not be our favorite thing in the world, but people would go see that movie in droves. We're not going to be the big name on the program. We'll be the little type below it. But I think we have a better chance at survivability with that. So I pose the question again. Giant sandwich for no one to enjoy or violent NATO that injures everyone. Sandwich. NATO. Um, yeah, I'll go with sandwich. And uh, I'm going to make it a tie. It's 2-2. I am, I am on board with NATO. Again, let us know. Break the tie. Get a hold of us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash what's on Joe Mind, or contact us by email, what's on Joe Mind at gmail.com. Break the tie. Uh, let us know what you think, by all means. Is this a segue to the mailbag? It is a segue to mailbag. Uh, I guess we got to close close out the news desk. Okay, it's closed. Yeah, we gotta uh, we gotta we gotta record new stuff for that. I'll just put the lockdown sound. Let's close. There we go. That, hey, that works. Chung chung. Lockdown. The Chris McCloud sound effect. Lately, I haven't been using it for Chris McCloud. It's been more like Jamie Johnson for those who have been listening to the other podcasts. But nobody listens to the other podcast. Nobody listens to the other podcasts. They're always sure to uh, click on it, listen, and then tell us that they don't listen. So we know nobody's listening. <laughs> Mailbag. Mailbag is sponsored by all the cool stuff for all of the finest G.I. Joe, Transformers, GoBots, Micro Machines, uh, Visionaries, My Little Pony stuff worldwide. You want to visit allthecoolstuff.co.uk and uh, they ship anywhere. Be sure to ask for it by name from proprietor and good friend of the program, host of the Full Force, David Tree. Say that you heard it here on What's on Joe Mind and you'll get a free Funko Pop. Um, not not true. Uh, Dave violently hates Funko Pop figures. Uh, just make sure if you make an order from all the cool stuff, be sure to request your favorite Funko Pops from from David Tree. Believe me, it'll be great for a laugh. He won't yell at you much. He may give you some cool English curse words. Bollocks. Bollocks. I bite my elbow at you, sir. What social experiment was he trying to do on social media the other day? Or is it today? I, have I can't no remember. Idea. No idea. I don't, there was no follow-up, so... If it's like classic tree, he'll be back to us in about three weeks.
Okay. <laughs> so anyways, uh, mailbag. Uh, we have no letters. So that's the mailbag. Sponsored by all the cool stuff. Sponsored by all the cool stuff. <laughs> Thanks again to Dave for sponsoring that. Uh, I know it's not his fault that we didn't get any letters, but we're going to blame him anyway. Good job, Dave. I thought you were going to blame Joe. No. It's uh, not yet. Blame Joe. Oh, it does. It doesn't. I did put that in the notes. Crap. <laughs> I guess I do have to blame Joe. So way to go, Joe. Read your notes. Way to drive. I know I wrote the notes, and it's it's this is what I get for ad living. Way to drive off all our letter writers. Yeah, you don't yeah. want the stalkers. They they uh they like Chuck better than you. Wow. What we got in sponsored by Kokomo Toys. Man, it's been a long time since I got up to Kokomo Toys. I probably think I hate them. It's probably been about six months since I've been up there. <laughs> Hell, that means like the last time you were at Kokomo Toys, I was with you. I know it's yes, six months. Since that is correct. Joe, anything great that you've gotten in recently that you want to tell us all about? Uh, yeah, I got interviewed by Irregular Mischief Publications. Um, met a guy at, shut up, um, Steel City Con. Um, <laughs> what? what are you telling us uh, to shut up? We have any, we haven't even done anything I'm going to hear yet. you snickering. I apologize. I, was, I, I almost coughed into my microphone. Who are we to tell you that it's not okay to have multiple partners? It's 2015. You swing wherever you want to swing. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know I'm going to have to bake another friggin' cake, right? <laughs> uh, that's actually, That's part of the deal we have with John. So, yes. Yes, that we know. Last podcast, he was like, hey, you mentioned pie. I get a pie. I'm like, no, it was just for the podcast. He's like, nope, you said it. There was witnesses. I want a pie. So I had to make him a pumpkin cream cheese pie. So now because you've been cheating on him, you owe John another pie. <laughs> he, he was there. So he was watching? No. There was no you, watching. You might owe him two pies. He actually, okay. So two things. One, he gave me, uh, he, you know, what did he do? He gave me the torture rack. Do you remember what that is? In, like, I do. I, I actually give it to rest. my buddy's 10-year-old kid. Oh, God. The Lex, the Lex Dude, Luger finishing hurts. move? Yes. Well, I don't do it for real. Come on okay, now. So he it's <laughs> oh, no. He actually, like, lifts me up, and our friend Maggie had never seen it. I do this to crack her back. And I was like, no, no. And by the time I, like, was screaming no, I was already up in the air, whatever it is he does, and in pain. That's so. what you get for picking fights out of your weight class. Right. That's <laughs> what you get. So anyways, we went up to Steel City. Sounds, sounds uh, like you better get busy with some pies. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Jackass. John, two right. pies. <laughs> be, sure, be sure to write us. Let us know how it goes. What's on Joe Mind at gmail.com. <laughs> He's going to send we'll read it on the, air. the pie. Really, we got to get John on just live. We got to get him on a show. We should have had him on this one, frankly. Okay. Our listeners haven't had enough of a chance to bond with Joe yet, so so maybe maybe next year for the year end we can have John on. Let's get Joe's what she got in. Who wants to listen to Joe? All right, so uh, going up to Steel City Con, which is a, a place to find their, uh, very well-priced toys. Uh, we go there every year um, during Christmas to get all the, the rare toys that we want for each other for Christmas. So Maggie came up with us for the first time. We're dressed as Vipers. Go buy Spike, 
table, which is irregular publications. We keep going by to see him because the guys next to him are saying that he's he's a really big Joe fan. So ended up, uh, Maggie and I both got interviewed uh, by Irregular Mischief Publications. Really cool guy. Um, mm-hmm. And I gave a shout out to uh, What's Own Joe Mine. Hey. Yeah. Sweet and free pub. Probably spelled my name wrong, didn't you? I, I didn't even mention you. Mm. So you really didn't mention What's On Joe Mine then? No, I, I did. I just, just mentioned you. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the heart and soul of this operation. I love how Justin continues to be silent. <laughs> I'm not sure exactly what I should be saying right now. Well, that just means that the soul of this operation is blackened as coal. <laughs> Anything else, Joe? No, nothing. That's all. Justin, any uh, cool things you got in? Oh, probably nothing you want to hear about. No, you're probably right. <laughs> Mike, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I've been dabbling into Masterpiece. Thundercats and... <laughs> Masterpiece Transformers I've been dipping into a little bit the past month or two. Those are cool, though. Talk about those. Yeah, they're great. I've picked up probably about four or five of them in the past couple of months. I got Optimus and Soundwave and uh, Prowl and Smokescreen and Tracks, and I really uh, I'm liking them a lot. The, the Takara engineering is pretty crazy. They've got really great vehicle modes, really great robot rope modes that are really nicely articulated. Some of the highest quality toys I've seen in a really long time. I mean, obviously the they're relatively expensive. I've been enjoying them a lot, you know, just uh, not going overboard on them, just buying them here and there uh, so I don't blow my budget. But I'm looking forward to Ironhide and Ratchet coming out next year. And uh, I'm Thank hoping, you. yeah, and I'm hoping to pick out, pick up a um, an Ultra Magnus when it gets reissued early next year, too. So And, and Soundwave, uh, Shockwave is coming out, too. Oh. oh. A lot of good stuff. Oh. Oh. It was actually it was Ironhide and Shockwave that really tipped me over into getting them finally. So, I mean, for for a character that's as important to to G one fans as Ironhide is, there's really never been a great Ironhide toy. Exactly. As as he's represented in that that medium. Exactly. Um, and this this really looks awesome. Yeah. I, I'm tempted myself. I, I I as I told everybody last episode, I, I picked up Sideswipe when I was in England. Like I can't stop playing with it. Yeah. It's just a fantastic toy. Everything you said is true. It's one of the it's one of the best toys I have ever put my hands on. Absolutely. Uh, and I I absolutely do not have the budget to be collecting these things, but I'm <laughs> looking around for them at every opportunity, seeing well maybe this one will be on sale for the holidays, or maybe this one will be on sale. And so I'm out there, I'm scourging because I'm broke, but they're fantastic. They've made a fan out of me. I'm not a big Transformers guy, but. I could see myself picking up a few more of those of, of my favorite yep. characters from, from G1. Yep, that's kind of what I was saying, too. And, of course, when I first started getting into them, I was like, yeah, I'm only going to get this one and this one. But then, you know, I got convinced to pick up tracks too, and I'm glad I got tracks. It's a great, it's a great figure. It just seems to be, in the next couple of months, a bunch of my favorite characters are coming out. You know, Ironhide, Ratchet, and Shockwave. So that's going to kind of kill me. But my plan is to just stick with some higher-focused characters that are among my favorites list and not get too obscure. Um, people are already trying to harass me into getting some of the, I guess, um, Road Rage is coming out shortly, which is a tracks, you know, repaint, slight retool based on some obscure Autobot character from the 80s. I'm not... I'm going to stay away from that and, you know, the various Soundwave repaints and things like that. I'm just going to try to stick to some of the main focal characters. 
Yeah, same here. It's it's definitely not a line I'm going to be picking everything else up on. Right. I always I always tend to gravitate to some of the B-list characters in these expansive properties anyway. Yeah. Like I'll I'll probably I'll, I'll go back and pick up Prowl at some point because he was my brother's favorite character. Yeah. And I, I know when we were kids that was there was a lot of sideswipe and a lot of Prowl going on. I hope someday they get to making Trailbreaker. Uh, he was a favorite of mine. Great. So if they do a Trailbreaker, I'm certainly on board with that. Yeah, it's just, they're they're awesome. They are. They are really amazing. I think if Gary actually got one in hand, he might actually like it. Meh. Gary likes the robots more than he lets on. (laughs) Please. Please. Give me more credit than that. I know you have the Generations Jetfire from last year. That's the only one I ever got. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. 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 That is a pretty sweet toy, though. That's that's pretty awesome. I don't necessarily like that big jet piece he's got on his back, but besides that, it's it's pretty awesome. Anyway, you got anything else, Justin? I want to cut you off. You know, I've been picking up my some Masters of the Universe stuff here and there and some things like that. Uh, just started also picking up some Batman animated series figures from DC Direct that um, are actually pretty cool, too. So G.I. Joe takes a little bit of a break, and all of a sudden I'm spending more money on other stuff. So uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm about to say, I don't want to hear it when you don't have money and can't go to joke on Yeah, that's, it's heading that way right now. <laughs> That is your fault. <laughs> you can't blame that one on Jen at all. No. Oh, well, my wife's not letting me go. No. No, no your lack of self-control is not allowing you to go. You got that, that is- sweet IT gig, man. You got no... <laughs> I know. I, I don't understand how that works. You know what? The four years, the five years we've been doing this show, the four or five, whatever, I think we've exceeded the $80,000 range. I think yeah. we should be up closer to 90 now, right? <laughs> I would think so, yeah. Cost of okay. living alone should get you closer to... Right. Ju- Justin is rolling in fat cheddar. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I've gotten a few promotions in the past few years, and somehow it always ends up, even if you end up making you know a couple extra K a year, for some somehow expenses increase as well, and you never seem to end up with more money in the account. I don't know how that all works out. Kids, wife. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, the, the problem is I'm not transformers. <laughs> the, well, the problem is I'm not buying my uh, my you know six year old daughter you know little ten year old toys anymore now she wants ipads and smartphones and oh yeah yeah tell me about that yeah yeah christmas is a little punch in the gut this year mm-hmm. all right mike what's up i did okay i've been actually kind of paring down some things i've uh, been been selling off some stuff that i'm not really into anymore hitting up the the toy man show with uh with draper and duvall shout out to those guys we'll get to that later i guess i managed to pick up uh, an old snake uh, did not worry about picking up the bats. I wasn't terribly interested in them. How about that old shit storm, everybody? <laughs> if, if you're going to do it, though, that's uh, like I'll accept that. That's actually pretty a pretty cool idea. It just doesn't fit with everything else that I'm getting. I'm, I'm more concerned about figures at this point. No, I'm just talking about the whole experience of them supposed to go online at midnight, and then once again, the servers come down. Yeah. One side of me wants to feel sorry, but the other side of me just says, I think we kind of all saw this one coming. Yeah. Thankfully, I was able to, because I grabbed a few things from that sale, too, and, and thankfully, I was they went back on sale that next day, and I had that day off, so I was able to jump in and get what I needed. But yeah, I wasn't too happy staying up till almost one o'clock in the morning and having nothing to show for it. Yeah, you'll notice we didn't cover that in news. <laughs> That's all I'll say about it. I was going to say, it's because it's not news. It's <laughs> it's expected. Yeah. For the same sale, did pick up the, the Cobra uh, Wave Crusher sub. Yeah, I'm enjoying that a little bit more than I expected I would, too. Cool. N- nice piece to fill out the collection. I'm not uh, saying it's uh, not a must-have, I guess, but uh, but at 40 bucks, the price is right with, with a figure. 
it's neat enough. It, it fills a it fills a role. It's a solid toy. There's nothing flimsy about it. Yeah, I mean it's it's just a straight up redo of the shark. It's nothing nothing new. But uh, the figure's good and and it looks yeah. nice and and so there you have it. Of course, Carson's book. We just discussed that. That just came in the mail earlier today. So uh, thank you, Carson, for for that quality product. I'm looking around. That's about it. It's that time of year where, where my toy budget is more about buying toys for other people. So the self stuff is is uh, is at a bit of a minimum. And I don't go to Steel City to meet up with guys. <laughs> uh-huh. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, if you have the time to bake pie, then then by all means, go to Steel City. <laughs> but I, I don't have that money, nor do I have that time. Nor swag. She is going to kick my ass. So- <laughs> I really can't wait to see this. Oliver cosplay people are just going to kick your ass. I'll be descended upon by a hundred costume characters. Everything from Scarlet from G.I. Joe to Smurfs or something. And I'm just going to be buried under it in fetal position, screaming my battle cry. Not in the face. Not in the face. As for myself, over the last couple months, just casually hit the Toys R Us and been picking up the remaining three packs and two packs. I haven't got any of the vehicle sets yet. Why? Mainly because they're kind of damn expensive and I just haven't got around to getting them yet. Those are interesting words coming out of my mouth, all things considered, but collecting has kind of changed here in my neck of the woods and in my house specifically, especially when a daughter wants iPhone 6s and laptops and like that for Christmas. So I feel Justin's pain. Time to trade her in for the younger model, Gary. Send her back to the shop. I can't do that. I tell her she's got to get in line, man. Daddy's got to have his Joes. Well, eventually she's got to earn her keep, but she knows her role. Huh? I love her to death. Don't get me wrong, but you know she, she's gonna get she's gonna get in the way of things. Then she's got to go. And I can't trade up Debbie. I mean, there's there's nothing to trade up to there. So we're not talking about Debbie. And you're in some hot water, aren't you? And you're like, <laughs> something's going on there. <laughs> <laughs> We've interrupted Gary's therapy session. Uh, um. <laughs> anyways. Should I call her? Should you make her a pie? Gary, you need to make Debbie a pie. (laughs) Well, you know, I might be doing all the cooking here in a little bit. She ended up re-injuring her shoulder that she had surgery on. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, so now she has to go back to the doctor here in the next couple of days. More than likely, she's going to require surgery, so she's going to be minus an arm right around Christmas time. I don't think a lot of decorations are going up this Christmas. So, Gary, you you need to bake a pie, and then you need to give... $20. And then you need to give Joe $20 to bake another (laughs) pie. Oh, I'm just going to hear the... And they're like, what? I do have all the two packs, except still no gung-ho and the Steel Brigade and Iron Grenadier. I figured that'd be the one that's going to be peg-warming the most, and I think I'm right. I just yet to find it again. When I did see it, they were warming the peg quite well, but there were a couple other ones there that I wanted before that one, and I figured I'd come back and get it. My understanding that is the peg warmer. So I'll eventually circle back and around and get that. Other than that, no really big special purchases. The only thing that I did get in the last couple of days, if everyone might, at least here on the podcast, remember that I got a bunch of those Mortal Kombat Joe figures from Roma Collectibles at JoeCon. Mm. I got all of them except the Goro 2-pack. I managed to find that for a really good price on eBay and managed to pick that up. So that's about the only extracurricular purchasing it's been a tight house. It's been a tight house here. Dare we say lockdown? Not quite. Just throw the sound effect in. Yeah, because really, One I just want to hear the sound effect. One more time. Lockdown. Lockdown. 
Shout outs sponsored by Planet Nerd Rage Productions. Joe, any other shout outs that you wanted to list out there? No, just the fair I get filmed in uh Jeff. If you missed all that, that was Farragut Films. <laughs> and Steel City Con, a great place to talk to guys. Oh, <laughs> no shout out for John. Getting pie. He's oh, you know, texting Tristan. me right now. What kind of pie is he getting? Uh, it'll probably be Christmas flavored. Maybe like, I don't know. <laughs> like pine trees? Christmas flavored. <laughs> <laughs> Reindeer. No, I'm not, I'm t- no, he, uh, probably a cinnamon or gingerbread. <laughs> what? Something. I don't know. A cinnamon and gingerbread pie. Yeah. Right. Sounds a little dry. I just like how Justin comes out and is asking about her pie. <laughs> you know, you can't trust that guy. <laughs> All right, Justin. Uh, if you hurry up, we might get out of here before midnight. Oh, let's do it. <laughs> now he's excited. I'm all in. <laughs> no shout out. Bye. Quick. No. <laughs> Shout out to uh, to Arun like uh, like usual. He uh, I think we mentioned last episode he's moved on from Marvel Comics to the Sci Fi Channel, and they're just about to uh, or they have just released a couple of great new shows, The Expanse and Childhood's End, and they both look pretty fantastic. So if anybody's uh, want to check out some good new television, check out both of those shows. Yeah, um, previews for The Expanse have been outstanding. Yeah, yeah, they look really, really, really cool. I think that's about it. I mean, I've got I'll, I, I kind of gushed a little bit about shout outs for, you know, leading up to the, the whisper vote. You know, I just have to echo that, you know, shout outs to a lot of the same people who supported me with that have also been supporting me with um, with my novel, which I can't thank people enough for. So the list of names is too long to read here by the novel. Mike and I are in it. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. I'm evil. <laughs> I'm evil, too. <laughs> what does that say about how, what I think about you guys? You're Evil sons of bitches. The truth. But uh, but I think that covers it. Evil Mike. I'm evil, by the way. Uh, Shout out, of course, as as always, to our sponsors. Kokomo Toys. uh, All the cool stuff. uh, AVAX Lab. uh, Planet Nerd Rage Productions. uh, To all the other fine folks who support us and and listen to us. Remember, uh, was it Mac Kerr or Mark? It was Mac Kerr, the guy that played Zartan in Mark's film. Yes. I've seen his picture on his Facebook page. He's a double for Keanu Reeves in an upcoming movie. Oh, nice. Yes. I think it's the John Wick. John Wick 2 movie. Sweet. Yeah, pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Very nice. Big time. Yeah, That's big what time. It's the What's on Joe Mind connection. It's the What's on Joe Mind rub. That's right. They've been W-O-J-M'd. Yeah. All right, Mike. But, uh, of course, uh, I spoke a few moments ago of, of being at Toy Man show this past weekend. It's always great to see... Jason Duvall, Dave Draper, Danny Erdley, uh, the folks over from uh, from Toy World Order and uh, and Pixel Dan, great guys to hang out with. We we didn't get to we didn't get to do lunch like we normally do after those shows, so I was not able to wish them a a, a happy holiday and Merry Christmas and whatever uh, pagan holiday Duvall recognizes. That's not true. He's never never, never mind. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm going to get me in trouble with this, so I got to stop. He didn't seem like he was one of those anti-holiday guys. No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm stirring shit up. It can't always be Joe. It Sometimes it's got to be other people. She scoffs. It's safe with Duvall, because he's got the social decorum to not come and try to hurt me. I have decor. You, you do not. <laughs> That's home decor. You do not. Part of why everybody likes you is because you don't. So don't, you yeah, know. Uh, it's very nice of you to say. 
sure, on some planet, I'm sure it is. You Canadians are pretty backwards lot. Remember, way back in the day, I, I turned heel on Canada. So it's just, I'm just playing a part. Don't actually hate Canada, just playing a part on a show. It's Gary's fault. He writes this stuff. But uh, shout out to, to you guys. I know we've uh, this is the, the, the end of the year show. We haven't done much end of the year type stuff. And frankly, there's been enough schmaltzy stuff going on. We've already gooped enough this 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 podcast. But uh, it hasn't been the easiest year for us in, in a lot of ways. Uh, speaking for, for the three of us, and, and I, we don't really know much about the early part of Joe's year. But we'll, we'll just assume that she went through hardships as well. Anyways, this is a fun project. Couldn't think of a better group of folks to do it with. And, and so my last shout out is for you guys. Thank you. Thanks. He does have a heart after all, doesn't he, Joe? She wasn't listening. She's not even going to confirm that. She is probably crying in a womanly fashion. <laughs> I was trying to think of something smart to say that you have a heart, but nothing was coming to mind. I'm too good at this. <laughs> Gary Gonzo, shout outs. I really don't have much. Likewise, a shout out to all you guys for continuing to encourage this project going forward. Real life has really gotten in the way this year with work and everything, which is a good thing. I had a very successful year in work, had a great review and everything, but as a result, sometimes some of the fun stuff takes a hit as a part of it. So, sorry, but we'll get you some new episodes. Don't worry about that. We should probably tip our cap to our other co-host, Jamie Johnson, from the football podcast as well. That's fine. I mean, I'll tip my cap to Jamie since I own him anyways. He is our fantasy football expert, and he is only one game better than Justin. Oh, Justin, that's right. Who, if you'll remember, yeah. the the show, yeah. Jeff logs in. <laughs> One game less than the expert. <laughs> uh, but once again, I finished with a winning record. Uh, anyways, continuous standing shout out to the guys at Planet Nerd Rate Production and their continuing efforts on their upcoming film, Ghost Source Zero. Always a standing shout out to Debbie. Debbie, thank you very much. That's about all I have. All the fans that continue encouraging us, I appreciate that as well. So that's it for me. We're done. Oh, let's get out of here. So for our co-hosts, <laughs> can't hear it, the audio. <laughs> She's descended into speaking her native Canadian. <laughs> My God, we've really pissed her off this time. <laughs> so for our co-hosts, Justin, Mike, and Joe, I'm Gary. Saying to all of our men and women still serving, God bless, Godspeed, and come home safe. Good night, folks, and thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time for the next episode of... What's on Joe Mine? Thanks. Good night, everybody. I think that was Joe signing off. <laughs> <laughs>